Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 97. It is your pals, Mario and Brian, back after a couple of a week hiatus. So, Mario, what's going on? It was a good hiatus. Uh, glad to be back. I know you have some news for everybody. Eh, you know, no big deal. Just had a kid. Not a big thing. Just you a know, cute little just baby. Just minor inconvenience, you know. Got to come over and see the baby today. Nice. Damn. Yeah, he's a cute little guy. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's funny how all the cliches that they talk about childbirth and having a kid, and they really are true, you know. You used to think they're corny and stupid, but a lot of them are holding true. So, it's been a, a crazy last couple, week and a half, and... I did notice baby was crying, and then you picked him up and held him, and then he just went right out. Went like the sleep. Night King. You know, he's my little, like, uh, white walker, so, yeah. you know, I, I can control him in that you regard. You didn't have to choke cool. him out. Like, didn't have to choke him out? You know, no. Pretty good. Yeah, not so bad. But, you know, sleep-deprived, uh, but other than that, it's been fantastic. So thank you guys so much for checking it out. Uh, you can check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We are on all these socials, instagram.com slash skibumpodcast, twitter.com slash skibumpodcast, facebook.com slash skibumpodcast. Are we still on Pinterest? Oh, I posted last night. Highfalutins. And on SoundCloud. a bunch of stuff last night. Every week, bro. Look at that. All day, every day. All day. And on SoundCloud, we are the highfalutin-skibum, I think. <laughs> I think. I'll have to check. We are on SoundCloud, SoundCloud. Actually, We so. are, but I keep forgetting to yeah. upload the virgin like we have like a couple there's a bunch of episodes but i think they're older ones i thought i saw yeah i know we're out there because i looked the other day and i was like all right we're still there we need an, an intern an unpaid intern if anyone's interested in uh still waiting trying to get our our social media game in order we could use a unpaid intern who enjoys the ski lifestyle we're still accepting resumes you can work remotely just saying yeah it's a high fluting lifestyle that we live here it's tough. Jet setting all over the world. That's what we do. So yeah, if anyone could wants to hit us up, keep on podcast at gmail.com. But first It's time for our pray today. Oh. Jill's hooking us up. Had a Jill. Yes, indeed. So Mario, what are we consuming today? Considering it is the end of summer. End of summer. We're both doing the same thing. Um, and it's also the almost nearing the end of your New Jersey residence. Yes, my, my New Jersey residence will end, and then I'll be... Deported. Deported. <laughs> Actually, close to deportation. It's getting closer to where my parents are from, so... <laughs> um, yes, I will be moving to Florida. Florida. But, uh, no, we're celebrating with a nice New Jersey beer that Brian uh, pulled out. highfalutin Florida man. <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. It's, it, it's going to happen. It's yeah. opening another world. Uh, Gatlinburg's going to go down, mm-hmm. too. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, uh, this is a New Jersey beer company... They have an LBIPA. So if anybody is not familiar with the Jersey Shore, LBI is a very popular place to go party, hang out at the beach. Really nice it's beach not area. Really for partying. It's pretty like mellow and family oriented. People bring the party. That's People what bring is. the party. Yeah, yeah, it's more of like a more like Coke and and hooker party. It's not so much like bars and stuff. Right. There's definitely bars, but it's not like seaside or any of those places yeah. where it's more of like a big yeah. Right. But uh, so they named this after LBI, kind of, and they kind of did a nice tweak on the name LBIPA. Uh, so this is an American IPA, six point six ABV, uh, East Coast IPA crafted with summer, along with beautiful New Jersey Shore in mind. So there's a little hint of citrus, right? Floral nose, little sweet finish. Um, it's actually a cross, almost between like, I wouldn't say it's sweet like a shandy, but it's like it's kind of like a, it's very unique. I don't. It's almost got like a like a Sam Adams like summer wheat, like twenty percent that mixed with like a light IPA. See, like I don't like wheat beer, so like the IPA, it's like a light IPA with a little, but it's 
you really don't taste that much of the floral. Yeah, the, uh, no, citrus. it's it's it, yeah, it's it's kind of tough to describe, but it is really tasty. And I got this a couple well, like two months ago. I got it, and I kind of had it just put in the fridge for a while and didn't dive into it till this past week because I also at that same time got you know a couple four packs of heady couple four packs of sip of sunshine a bunch of treehouse beers so i had these unbelievable amazing like you know new england ipas which i was of course drinking first and then i like went back to this new jersey beer company beer and i was like wow this is actually a great summer beer you know if you want something ipa-ish but not too you know not like an eight nine percent yeah big double it's a it's really very hoppy it's it's very drinkable it's It's very really nice yeah balanced it's got a lot of different flavors and this place is out of north bergen new jersey not where you would think of something delicious and crisp and refreshing coming from. Cinderella Man. Cinderella Man. The bulldog from North Bergen. James J. Braddock. Look at you with the history. I love that movie. That was a fine movie. Now, they I was actually, surprised that it was North Bergen. That was the other one. Yeah, right. My favorite, is, my favorite boxing nickname is the Bayonne Bleeder. Oh, that's a bad What one. the hell was his name? He was obviously from Bayonne. Bayonne Bleeder. The Bayonne Bleeder, yeah. He Damn. was... Uh, I it up. It's not but, a good one. But this, um, this, they're actually on Tunnelly Ave in New, in uh, North Bergen, New Jersey. I don't it's know, a if, fun place to visit. It is one of the most horrible roads I think on the planet. I mean, it's almost like if you want a stereotypical view of Jersey, what everybody thinks of Jersey, ride Tunnelly Ave. Oh God, it's just like it's just two lanes each direction of traffic and seedy hotels, bad neighborhoods. And, there is white, ma- people. white mana there, though. If you want ah, those uh, funky burgers. They were on the Food Channel. I've been to White Mana. There's, there's two, two of them, though. There's the one in um, Hackensack, and there's the one... That's the one I went to. I didn't go to the one in... In yeah, Tunnel, yeah. Too seedy for me. Uh, but they actually cook still on a little hot plate. It's like a like a super-sized hot plate that they get fit. And the, the burgers are like White Castle size, mm-hmm. but they're like thick. They're actually... And they're, they're made from like little meatballs that they squish down. Yeah. It's pretty they're awesome. They're famous, yeah, for that. I gotta say the tasty. I'm actually salivating now thinking about it. <laughs> so am I. But they're like the the dude cooks on a hot plate, and it's the size of like a tiny little diner that you would see like in the '60s. Yeah, and it's like you walk in, there's no room to stand. Well, around. the place is yeah, tiny. You, mm-hmm. you just order, and then the dude cooks like I think he cooks like 25 or or 30 burgers at a time, and then you get regular with cheese, without cheese. Um, or onions or not onions. That's it. There's no none of this bullshit with. Oh, can I have this? No, no. This is how we serve. So did, did like White Castle steal their model? Yeah, and White Castle is like the tiniest piece of meat in there. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, like meat film. <laughs> but you know what I love about going to a White Castle? I haven't been in about. I guess it's been three years. You stop doing meth. Stop doing meth. <laughs> but I love that they have. You go through the drive-through. They got the bulletproof glass and the little lazy susan <laughs> that goes around. It's like a bank where you got to put it on and they, they turn it around so you never get a clear shot of the, of the teller. So I will tell you, the last time I went to White Castle was probably in 2006 or seven. Let's, let's call it seven. And <laughs> my, my, at the time, girlfriend, who is now my wife, and her sister's... Your ex-girlfriend, you mean? My ex-girlfriend, my ex-fiance. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so her sister's... And their boyfriends at the time and us, we had like their parents' house to ourselves. And we had a bunch of cannabis and a bunch of booze. Nice. We stocked up before we got a bunch of White Castle. 
Because they microwave really well. They microwave really well. They almost improves them. White mana microwaves just as well, but there's a ah. little more meat on there. So we actually consumed a lot of cannabis, allegedly, and alcohol, and then we went and ate all this White Castle and smart. Doritos. That's smart. We planned ahead. We actually went to Quick Check. We got all of our, our provisions and our White Castle. Because that was pre-Uber days. Now you could just Uber and just be like, look, I'm Not where they show. were. We were in the middle of nowhere. You tell the Uber driver, I'm going to White Castle. Like, no, nah, I can't take you there, man. <laughs> to hell you can't. Cancel the, tri- cancel the ride. That's yeah. it. Oh, so it was Chuck Wepner was known as the Bayonne Bleeder. Chuck Wepner. Chuck Wepner. Hey, you know what? He um he uh he fell fell short of a full fifteen rounds with Muhammad Ali in nineteen seventy five. Ali. If yeah. you survive like a few rounds with Ali, that's pretty good. I don't think I could survive a few rounds with Ali right now. Dude, uh, talk about Ali, talk about Tyson. Back in his oh, prime. Oh, God. Mike There's Tyson no in his prime was one of the scariest human beings ever. Dude, he was, what was he, 19 when he won the title? Think about being 19 and being able to knock anybody out on the planet. Right? Of course you're going to be an ass. Of course yeah. you're going to do some stupid stuff. I mean, it's crazy. Honestly, Chuck Wepner was actually the real Rocky. What? Because he kind of kept just fighting, and they thought he was kind of a... Uh... What? So he was a little Italian guy from Philly? Yeah, sort of-ish, <laughs> except he was Belarusian. I love that rant that uh, what's his face does on Philly, and he's like, "Oh, Bill Burr, Bill Burr." Oh, that is one of the best lines. I said ever. that to somebody this week. It's like he's like your hero is only you know he's imaginary. He was imaginary. The only reason he won is because that's how they, that's how they wrote the script. <laughs> it's true though, and they're all like, spot oh, on. We love Rocky. It's like he he really didn't exist. It's like there's a statue of a guy who <laughs> won because that's how they wrote it in a movie, and that was pretty funny. Uh, might as well have an Avatar statue somewhere. Avatar, yeah. Hey, I'd be fine with a with a Ned Stark statue, right? Direwolf statue. Yeah, I think if I if I win the lottery, I'm gonna get like bronze Direwolf statues, like looking over like gargoyles. It's ready to eat shit. And that's how you run out of money when you win the lottery. That's right. Really quickly when you start buying dumb stuff like that. That's right. And every day I go out, pour some champagne on top of it. Like, <laughs> What's up? And sit on top of it like I'm riding. It. It'd be great. Yep. What time is it? Oh, Mario's out there riding the, riding the thing and pouring champagne. It's got to be 7 o'clock in the morning. That's <laughs> what I do. So Chuck Wepner, the Bayonne Bleeder. Damn. Not sure how we got onto that topic. Oh, yeah, from Cinderella Man, <laughs> North Bergen. North Bergen. That's how we got there. So that's where, where Jersey comes in. We so, find interesting ways. But we're celebrating Jersey. We're this celebrating Jersey. My Jersey. This has been my Jersey month. Like, I've done a lot of Jersey and Long Island because I grew up in Long Island. So it's, like, been a whirlwind of stuff, like, trying to catch up. There's a lot of stuff. You know, when you live in a particular place, you tend to put off a lot of the obvious things you need to do because you're like, oh, it's always there. I'm just going to go. Like when you right. live near the city, like New York City, you're like, ah, I'll go to the Statue of Liberty eventually. I'll go to the Empire State Building eventually. And then you move and you're like, oh my God, I better do this stuff quickly. And people are like, oh yeah, I went to New York City and I went to the Statue Like, And then like, when have you been there? Like when I was little. Like field trip mm-hmm. in like fourth grade. Yeah. You know, one of those things. But yeah, it's uh, time it goes quick. So you got to make sure you take care of these things. I think I'm probably going to hit the city one of these last few weekends. Yeah. Got my big bike ride next weekend. Mm-hmm. And once that's done and I puke after doing the ride, party time. Perfect. Party and move time. And yeah. Good. Sounds in. good, man. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're together. We're in my basement right now doing this podcast. We got a new uh, makeshift studio in the making here. Brian's new studio. I like it. Brian's new studio, yeah. Looking at the laundry. I hear the baby yelling upstairs a bit. I'm sure it's picking up on the audio. <laughs> that's him. He'll be on the podcast eventually. Oh, yeah. He's on at night right now. He's on it right now. He doesn't even know it. Yeah. All right. And with that, let's get into the Ganjula. We're getting into the Ganjula. 
All right, and we're kicking it off this week with good old Frank's Bean of the Week. And thank you, Frank. I know you were uh, jet-setting all over the world. Yeah, he was in Italy, right? He was over in Italy, yeah. Italy. Italy, as they say. And uh, <laughs> his email they sent us, he's like, what, they call him an Americano or something? And he was getting pissed off about it? <laughs> <laughs> ah, the Americano. No, no, no. So, yes, that's actually our strain of the week is the Americano, which is... Ironically, a Canadian strain released by Enterprise Seeds. It is a Northern Lights slash skunk hybrid that is named for the American consumers it was designed to attract. So did you know that an Americano at a coffee shop is espresso mixed with water? Yes. That's what an Americano is. And the reason they created that was during World War II when the American GIs were over in Italy they were giving them the espresso, and they were like, what the hell is this? We can't it's handle it. Too strong. We don't like it. Yeah. yeah, so they would take you know two shots of the espresso, mix it with hot water, bada bit, bada boom, you got an Americano. I have ordered Americano in Italy. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It's not coffee. Like, you think, oh, it's going to be coffee? Absolutely not. Really? Just order the espresso and deal with it. Or order a cappuccino. That's it. Okay. They don't have, like, it's not the same, like. Unless you find a place that brews regular American-style coffee, mm-hmm. an Americano is not the same. So when you're in Italy, you have to go to Starbucks. Exactly. the I, key. I was in Germany. I looked out for the Starbucks. Boom. Perfect coffee. Starbucks is one of those things, like, you know, you, you, you take it for granted, but when you're, you're traveling internationally and say you don't have, like, a, a data plan, getting the Wi-Fi at a Starbucks is, like, the best. Oh, yeah. It's great. It yeah. saves the day. You buy the little SIM card, it's not the same. No. Just go to Starbucks. All right, so yeah, so this is a, a Canadian strain that's made for Americans, which is pretty funny. Um, uh, when tourists, notably Americans, came to Vancouver looking to purchase bulk cannabis, they wanted their buds to have bag appeal or stunning visual characteristics that made it easy to sell. Americano is known for its heavy coat of trichomes and its dense, thick colas. The flavors and aromas of Americano stay true to its skunk lineage and produce a sweet, piney musk. The effects are exactly what you would expect from an indica-driven hybrid. Fast-acting, relaxing, and sleepy. Americano is a solid answer to symptoms of insomnia, headaches, and chronic pain. Nice. I would actually like to hear from people if you have advice on some of your favorite strains and why. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of cool. Skibonepodcast at gmail.com. Because I'd, like I'd like to see how they like, uh, match up to Leafly. Yeah, you know, it's true. That's a good point. Um, yeah. I think they're pretty, act- again, from the ones that we have tried allegedly in legal places. Allegedly. Um, allegedly. <laughs> they were pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah, they were. Um, oh, what was the other one I texted you about? Um, oh, the juice, juicy fruit. Juicy fruit. Oh, it was perfect. I tell you, Leafly was spot on, and it was fantastic. But you were in a place that it was legal, so yes. it was okay. I was. Say. I was actually talking, I was actually channeling through a friend that was doing it, so, you know. Friend of a friend? Friend of a friend. Knows a guy asking for a friend? Yeah, bada bing, bada bop. Yes. So, we uh, got a couple stories in the old gondola this week, and we're going to start off. So, our pal Dean sent us an email several weeks back. Thanks, Dean. Yeah, thanks, Dean. Sorry we were, uh, we had the, I think we got it right after we had our, our outline formalized for the last time, and then we were on a little hiatus with, you know. Baby time. Baby time. So now, this was a story that he, uh, he sent us over, and it was from the Star Press. I think, actually, it's one of those... Newspaper websites are getting very confusing these days, because I feel like they're all becoming kind of conglomerated. Yeah. And I think this one is... Uh, well, Brian, if you actually read, it says, 
Star Press, part of the USA Today Network. So yeah, this is a USA Today Network paper. And this was an article that was published, uh, and it was written by Jeff Hunt. And Jeff Hunt is... Do you have a brother, Michael? (laughs) (laughs) He is the vice president of public policy at Colorado Christian University. So I'm pretty sure you know where this is going to go. So the so our pal Jeffrey here, he said, opinion, Colorado shows what's wrong with legalizing pot. Now, what Jeffrey says, he is very against the legalization. And he was saying uh, that Colorado has seen an increase in marijuana-related traffic deaths, poison control calls, and emergency room visits. The marijuana black market has increased in Colorado, not decreased. And numerous state marijuana regulators have been indicted for corruption. Hmm. Um, bu- 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 bu. He also quoted, this is funny, in fiscal 2016, marijuana tax revenue was $156 million. And he was saying that that is only 1.18% of the state's tax revenue. Mm. Wow. So he's really downplaying that. Yeah. What was um, celery's tax revenue for the state of Colorado? You know? What, yeah. about, uh, what about broccoli? You know? Exactly. I'm sure it's not quite 1%. Um, I'm going to look that up now. So I read this article, and the first thing that stuck out to me was that this guy is the president of public policy at Colorado Christian University. And my initial thoughts were, well, if this guy is at a Christian university, I'm guessing he's the kind of person who likes things written down as law from a long time ago. And I'm sure that this guy... Well, number one, a lot there's like no evidence in, in this story at all. There's he doesn't really document anything and talk about any of the positives. He just kind of focuses on the negatives, and he even downplays a positive like the hundred and fifty six million dollars in tax revenue mm. as being like a as being nothing. Well, and the like people don't even look at the elimination <clears throat> of illegal pot and the crime that comes with that, mm-hmm. like the smuggling, the the whole back channel of getting it, like. You know, you're not taking any of that into account. So while it's getting tax revenue, it's eliminating the cost of trying to police as much of the criminal element that's out yeah. there getting the illegal pot out. Well, he says, too, that the marijuana black market has increased in Colorado. There's no documentation or statistics saying that it has. That's that just him opinion. kind of making things up. And that's what yeah. that's what most of this article is, is there's no research. It's just opinion. him. It says opinion at the top. That's really what it is. It's his opinion not based in fact at all. Um, again, he's at a Christian university, and I'm sure, you know, he likes his things black and white. And this is what he learned in 1972, that marijuana is a drug. It's bad. It's going to make you lazy. It's going to make you stupid. That's what he believes. New evidence coming up, new scientific, you know, findings, that's irrelevant. That's not important. That's not true. What I learned back then is correct, and I'm not, like, I'm not learning anything new. Yeah. That's it. If we haven't learned anything from this last election, it should be you need to look outside of your own neighborhood or your own household to see what's really happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. So this article, uh, I, I did a little additional research, and there was several people or several um, rebuttals, rebuttals yeah. to this story. And the biggest ones are saying that it completely ignores the usage uh, and the scientific evidence found in CBDs. And the way it's working right. to help kids with seizures, to help get people off opioid addictions, um, to help other there's a, other facets of of pain management that have um, 
advanced tremendously using CBDs. Um, yeah, and the proof in that is because they're not allowed to do as much research as they would like to. Um, a lot of the assessment on it right now is being done after people have been using it. So it's actually more of a clinical observation than an actual study because they're not, they haven't been allowed to study it. Right. But yet they've legalized it. So now they're looking at the actual effects, the real life effects that it's having on people. This guy seems like he'd rather just bury his head in the sand and ignore it yeah. and just say, I learned it was bad. It was bad. It's bad. It's just bad. You know, yeah. like don't, don't look at anything new. Don't look at new evidence. Just say it's bad and move on, which is just, it's foolish. It's he's dummy. It's, he is a big dummy. That's, <laughs> that's the easiest way to point it out. He put out fake news. But he's talking about like how it's going to increase the black market. Like wow. How do you even figure that? Well, if he's going to say that, back it up by some actual evidence. And what doesn't have a black market? Think about it. You got to show like, okay, so the black market's increasing from what level of assessment to what level of assessment? He doesn't even give that. And one quote that was on there says, do you think that the black market for alcohol dried up overnight after prohibition? No, of course not. Yeah. And then, you know, other comments, people are saying there's black markets for purses and handbags and shoes, you yeah, know? It's a huge black market. Yeah, there's always a black market for everything. I know, I've bought a bunch of black market stuff, just saying. I've seen some of your watches, I know. Pretty baller watches, but you're like, hey, totally fake. Key word in that sense is pretty. <laughs> pretty baller. <laughs> hey, if you look at it just meeting me without really looking at it close, it looks pretty baller. That's true. Uh, yeah, so, you know, this guy, he obviously has a, um, an agenda which, you know, we have an agenda too. You know, we want weed to be legalized. So, you know, we're not, we, you know, there is an agenda behind what we're talking about, as there is with him. Um, but again, we his, have our belief. He has his belief. But please don't put out fake news based on no fact. Exactly. Facts are, are what's going to win the argument or lose your argument at the end of the day. And this guy has nothing to stand on, really. You know, and, who, you know who doesn't use uh, fact or who, who twists the facts? Satan. Just saying. Wow. There you go. He re- so really, he by not producing any sort of facts, he's empowering Satan. He's helping Satan. He's on Team Satan. That's it. Well done, Jeff Hunt. Think about that, Jeff. Yeah. Think about you helping Satan. How about you do some hunting for some research? All right. Bitch. <laughs> All right. Next we have uh, Vermont Supreme Court is considering a cannabis sniff test. So 2014, Vermont police pulled over a person uh, claiming that his license was partially obscured by snow. What color was this person? Uh, he was of he was of the uh, black persuasion. So <laughs> this has uh, a lot of. So they're actually saying part of the reason why he pulled them over. Well, racist cops. Racist cop. Black guy gets pulled over in Vermont, and they use that as um, a reason for pulling him over. In Vermont, having a plate partially obscured by snow is not a ticketable offense. So it's it's you're not able to pull somebody over for that because they get so much snow. So it's ridiculous to even pull somebody over. Uh, and then it kind of led to... But was it July? No. So you could like, just, like put snow on your license plate in July. They, Still. They couldn't stop you, right? Couldn't stop you. Beautiful. Just saying. So <laughs> Loopholes. Uh, there's always a loophole. So the crazy part is I was reading this, this the, the article, and I guess they, they pulled him over. Then they, they wanted to search his car, and he refused because they said, I'm going to search your car for marijuana. Did well, he plead the fifth? And he probably said boy or something like that. I mean, some racist But he didn't plead guy. the fifth. Yeah, no, he didn't. Um, so they actually, the trooper seized the car and left the guy stranded out there in the middle of nowhere in the cold. And the, it wound up like, uh, I guess the guy lost his job because he didn't have a way to get to work and all this other crap. And eventually, um, they got the cop to lose his job because they ruled that he 
searched his car. Uh, they he he wanted to search his car without proper probable cause. Mm-hmm. So now it's up against the Vermont S- Supreme Court whether or not the stop will be warranted in the future and whether it was for this case. But I guess they're going back to like U.S. Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. She established the plain smell doctrine in 1982, which was an opinion, not a ruling, on another case where somebody was stopped. So they're saying all it really did was just kind of put out there that she gave an opinion on that particular case, but there was no ruling. So there's really no precedence for how to handle it. So they're saying they're leaving it up to the states to to pretty much come up with their own law of whether or not it's allowed to stop somebody for, I think I smell marijuana in this car. That is so fucked up. I mean, you you really, it's it's way too subjective. It, exactly. Way too subjective. And you could always say, oh, I thought I smelled marijuana, and now you have an open reason to violate somebody's privacy and just search your car anytime. So now as a citizen, can you be like, oh, I thought the officer was going to try to touch my dick, so I punched him in the face. Could, could you do the same thing? You do that. Well, it's now, subjective, right? Well, now they have body cameras so that they'll actually have you. You got to jump with yeah. your dick by the hand. <laughs> ah, I went for my dick. <laughs> just defended myself. But now there was... No it's call. crazy, man. Think about them pulling you out of your car and just searching your car saying, oh, I thought I smelled weed. That's that's so messed up. I mean, that, that's that they could just do anything then pretty much. That's giving them carte blanche to just search your car for, for no reason. Right. Just they think they... I thought I smelled it. So if you dig into the article, it's going to be on our website, um, you know, in, in our show notes. But uh, there's a bunch of states that have different rules. Some of them are actually saying it's okay. Most of them are saying, no, it violates, um, you know, your privacy. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty messed up if you think about it. Like, they can just pass a law to say, yeah, we're going to search the hell out of you. We're going to search your house. We think we smell marijuana, and marijuana is not legal in the state. We're going to search your whole house. We don't need a warrant. Well, that's Probably what they close. were starting to do. I, I forget if it was Colorado or somewhere else. Look at this picture. Have you seen this stupid ass thing? It's like a. It's almost like it looks like binoculars that go on your nose nice. to pick up the smell. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what those things are. What? And now, again, if they had something like that, that at least could create some sort of objectivity because be technology. Be like, yeah, because prove. it's like, oh, we yeah. picked up this many particulates in the air, or whatever. Right now, of course, if you want to be, play, a, you know, be all conspiratorial, you can go. Well, I'm sure they cal. How has it been calibrated? Do they calibrate it to pick up, you know, one millionth of a micron instead of one billionth to, you know, to make it easier to pick people up? Yeah. But at least there, you have something that. You know, it's not just me going, I think I smell it, I'm going to search your car. Yeah. Because that's a complete violation of Because there could be absolutely no smell, and you just, for some, whatever reason, oh yeah, I'm going to say I think I smell something, or falsely think you smell something. I mean, there's no science to say Or as did. a cop, not saying they would do this, but you keep a little weed on you, and you put it in your little shirt pocket, <laughs> and rub it, and then you get the smell, and you're like, oh, I smelled weed, I guess it must be in your car. Yeah. And I it g- picks it up on your on their little nose binocular device. I guess the big the big concern too is the racial profile in this good cause because mm-hmm. it obviously in this case they're saying it's almost anything definitely profile not just racial anything you could you could anything plus somebody yeah. yeah just where you going like I just feel like searching your car and it's it's kind of you got to limit that I'm just saying I'm not for it I'm thinking about your um, outside of Las Vegas you know and you see someone renting something or some some baller car maybe they want a ton of cash you know there's yeah. all that um, asset forfeiture you keep hearing about. With the police just kind of taking people's assets and yeah, that's never crazy. giving it back. Right. You see someone coming from the casino, you'd be like, hmm. Well, that was this, this guy. So he refuses to have his car searched. So rather than take him back to the station, they leave him there and they take his car. And I'm made like, him pay towing too. You know how messed up that is? So now they didn't find anything and they're going to say, what, 
now you have to pay for towing, for, uh, you know, impounding your car, all this other stuff, and putting you out of how many hours of doing whatever you want. Yeah. And that's okay? There's no repercussions from that? I mean, that's bullshit. No, it's complete bullshit. And it's one of those slippery slope, slope things again. You know, if we allow this to happen, you know, what's the next silver right to be taken away? I think Greg Zuo is in the right, and I hope he gets a billion dollars. He absolutely dollars. is. Yes. We're with you, Greg. High flute and ski bumps. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Skibumpodcast.com with Greg. Greg. All right. And uh, this is another messed up. Again, there's a bunch of these, like, messed up government watchdog kind of in-your-face stories. And this one's from uh, the Boston Globe. And the article is, Federal anti-drug officials seek Massachusetts medical marijuana data. Um, Yeah, this is messed up. This is really messed up. So this is coming from um, the National uh, Marijuana Initiative. Uh, They've been asked... What is it? Uh... They've asked the Massachusetts health officials for data on age, danger, and medical condition of the state's approximately 40,000 registered medical marijuana patients. National Marijuana Initiative. And that seems like a positive marijuana thing, right? It just sounds weird. Like, why would you... What is the purpose of that commission? Yeah. That's what I want to know. Yeah, and the guy who heads this, the deputy... Well, deputy coordinator who searched this out is a former police officer in Colorado with a long history of speaking out against legalization. Now, they're just, they're trying to gather this data, but why? You know, how unnecessary is this? Like, what are they trying to do? Um, and they're saying that medical marijuana proponents uh, said the mere notion that the Trump administration is nosing around medical marijuana could scare off patients, sending them to the black markets for cannabis instead of registering with state-run systems that ensure medicines are tested for potency and safety. Patients did not consent to their data being used by the National Marijuana Initiative, they said, and can't be sure their personal information was kept private. I mean, isn't that what the whole, like, HIPAA, HIPAA. thing is in why place is this, for? Why is this not covered under HIPAA? It's medical. It's supposed to be, yeah. Yeah. I mean, every your medical information, so if you use it for medical marijuana, that's what they're actually asking mm-hmm. for, is medical marijuana patients. How can the, the government ask for medical marijuana information when you're covered under HIPAA law? Yeah. Like, nobody's supposed to have access to that. Unless I, I don't know the full HIPAA law that the government can overstep, but... I but mean, again, it's government bullshit. overstepping its, its grounds. Yeah. You know, that it's, it's scary stuff, and it should not be allowed. Yeah. I, don't, I don't get these, these bureaucrat dickheads who have such a vested interest in, in stopping this, you know? Yeah. All the evidence is stacking up against them, showing that it's beneficial in so many ways, and they keep just trying to hammer it down. But, you know, it's like, it's like a world... And you know what? They did it in past past years when they were opening up like the ability to tap you know wire phone tapping and and invade public which they've actually passed laws that give them broader access wasn't that what the whole patriot act was yeah to give people to give the government complete access to anything they wanted pretty much right and then a few years ago they just opened up that whole uh i forgot which uh which bill it was but that opened up the ability to say oh yes we we suspect them without any backing and boom we can tap your tap your phone so it kind of gives them a lot broader thing. Now they're getting into medical history, and it's like, well, what is the purpose of that? Like, I think, you know, even if they had a good reason for it, it should be obfuscated. Like, you know, I've worked for banks, mm-hmm. worked with sensitive information, and you're not allowed to say, you know, you can give the demographic inf- information, say, yeah, so-and-so, 20 years old, white male, and here's what he smoked. But you can't give, like, a person's name. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't agree with that. So look out for that crap. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking up that NMI, the National Marijuana Initiative, and it says their initiative, or, uh, they are one of three national initiatives within the federal HIDTA program. Uh, the White House Office of National Drug Control Policy has established HIDTA, High Intensity Drug Trafficking Area, task forces all over the country to respond to both regional and national drug threats. So it's a drug trafficking initiative, and they're going to get patient medical information. Why? All right. So, so are they trying to imply that patients are getting illegal drugs or they're more prone to have access to illegal? Like, what is, what is the purpose of that? Yeah. It says the purpose is to educate both the public and policymakers on issues surrounding marijuana. I think mm. it's just it's scare tactics and trying to strong arm, basically scaring people to say, this is what we're doing, and we're going to track you, so if you don't want to be tracked, don't go get marijuana. Yeah, it's a megaphone for whatever policy they're trying to push. Yeah. is really all it is. Crazy. It's, a, it's a brute squad and a megaphone for their, their initiatives, yeah. This is really gross. Yeah, it's crazy. This is where like they create a committee, and if it goes unnoticed, like they, they can do all this crazy, ridiculous stuff. And our tax dollars are going to these dummies. Yeah, that's how, the most frustrating thing. Think how much money they're spending on that. I'd love to look up how much that uh, that branch, you know, costs every year to run. We should just send a bill back wasted. to taxpayers. Like we want that money back. Wasted money. Yep. All right. Uh, next up, we have so the VA uh, has a group of 2.4 million veterans that are pushing the VA to allow medical pot. So that's awesome. um, this is the country's largest veteran group, and. You know, my brother's a veteran, my brother-in-law's a veteran, my brother actually had problems with, um, you know, a Gulf War syndrome, and uh, I've heard of a lot more people that have had, people close to me that have had um, night terrors and, and things, you know, disorders from being in the Gulf uh, or Afghanistan, wherever they've gone. And one of the, the proven treatments, not by research, because like we said before, but by proof of the result of people using it in the areas where it's legal, um, that it has it does help with a lot of these these symptoms that they have. So now VA doctors are prevented from uh, talking, even talking to the patients about medical marijuana. You know, um, a lot of you know the veterans. If you're on a federal um, pension or whatever, or or you know benefits, if you are partaking in marijuana because it's federally illegal, you can screw that whole thing up. Yeah. So it's it's just one of those things that it's not available. So uh, they're pushing. Uh, they say it's not the first time they advocated for medical marijuana. Last year, they passed a resolution asking the government to remove marijuana from its list of Schedule One drugs um, and to uh, carry out research, and they didn't do that. So now they're actually saying just to allow doctors to consider that as an option uh, for treating some of the patients because it's really bad. I mean, you know, these are people that have served our country, uh, and they deserve a lot more care and and you know in, in deciding their um, their treatment. It's a it's a slap in the face to veterans, really. Oh yeah, to keep it illegal when they're so. I mean, yeah, they haven't been able to do that many studies, but all the ones that they have done have overwhelmingly be fa- been favorable. Yeah, in in so using you give a ton of opioids, but can't give you. Yeah, they'll pump you full of friggin. Uh, Oxycontin and keep Crazy. you on that. Yeah. So I just think they Ugh. should do more to make sure our, our our returning veterans are taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a this is great to see that the uh, the VA is getting involved because that's that's a big swing. Um because and there's a lot of ex veterans, which is good. It's a big organization. Yeah. I mean two point four million. Yeah. That's a 
that's a large amount of people. And, uh, you know, they, a lot of them do need help. You know, I mean, the government's kind of pretty much just throwing them out on the streets after they got back. Let's be honest. I mean, think how many homeless veterans you see are in need of help. Um, and all because, you know, they were told, oh, you're fighting for your country, son. You know, you're going to make America great again by going over there and killing these people that we want you to kill. And for what? What's the payoff at the end? Yeah. You get a thousand bucks a month for the rest of your life. That's nice, but it's not, it's not going to put you in a, uh, you know, a penthouse or anything. Yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of stuff logistically when they come back that's, uh, that's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge adjustment, but it's a nice thing uh, progress made in this area. And one more creepy story that we're going to throw in, in the, while we're still in the gondola here. If you're not freaked out enough, man, here's another one that's going to freak you out. <laughs> this is like the scary gondola. This is like the Halloween gondola. This is know. like the bad trip gondola. This is like someone laced your... We got some paranoid gondola. Someone's got some... Uh, <laughs> someone laced our, uh, the gondola today. Yeah, I think, I think that's what happened. So uh, Uruguay was, I guess, were they the first country to legalize it officially? Yeah, the first like na- uh, countrywide to officially legalize it. Yeah, they were the first country to, to legalize and. It was flying up, pot was flying off the shelves in Uruguay, and then the U.S. banks weighed in. Mm. Um, so uh, they were getting, so they legalized it down there. Um, pharmacies were struggling to keep up with demand. And then came a stern letter from American banks. The letters immediately sent officials in Uruguay scrambling to make sense of the Patriot Act and other American laws that could doom an essential part of the country's new marijuana market. American banks, including Bank of America, said they would stop doing business with banks in Uruguay that provide services for those state-controlled sales. Crazy. Afraid of losing access to the American banking system, Uruguayan banks warned some of the pharmacies over the last couple of weeks that their accounts would be shut down, potentially signaling a broader international impasse as other countries, including Canada, set out to legalize marijuana. Dude. That's if yeah. if you're not a conspiracy conspiracy theorist, I mean this is they, this will get you. So U.S. banks flex their muscle enough to basically get people to get so afraid that they got to shut down selling what they don't. You know, it's it's you know the more you read stuff like this, the more you think about other great empires that have collapsed upon their own arrogance. And the more you he- I read stuff like this, the more I think that are we is this the end of the American era, the American age? You know, it just feels like. This could be just a harbinger of, of the end. Well, and, you know, here's the thing. Because it's not federally legal and they're letting states decide, now this comes to an international thing where they have the ability to say, yeah, we're, we're following the Patriot Act. They almost have to because it's federally legal. I mean, it's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, wouldn't you just use, like, a Canadian bank and just – so all the That's money – option now. So yeah. all the money that these American banks are going to lose – are just going to be picked up by another country's banking system. Well, they're not thinking that far in advance, but that's... Got to make those quarterly numbers. Yeah. You know what could solve all your problems here, Uruguay? Bitcoin. Get your Bitcoin on. Get your money... Fuck the American banks. Put your money into Bitcoin, and you will you will be financially free. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. Yeah, the problem is, let, let's say your pharmacy, you have a loan for your pharmacy, and the bank holds it, and now they say, we're going to close your account, you, we're going to call your loan. Mm-hmm. Because you're you're selling marijuana, I mean that's messed up. Convert your Bitcoin to U.S. dollars and pay from a different account. Yeah, set up a hold. Set up to get your loan taken up by somebody else. Set that's up a holding company. Well, that's where you got to go look see if like Canadian Bank will take over your loan. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, this Crazy. is this is arrogance gone wild. I think I think uh, yeah. the American banking system. So 
yeah, I'm sure we're going to see more of this coming down as, as other countries start to legalize, but uh, it's, it, it baffles me. But these are the conversations we're going to have to have as we go through everybody starting to accept because there were, weren't any rules. So now it's like we're, this is what's going to have to happen. There's just too many old dummies in power still. Yeah. yeah once they start dying off, there's going to be a lot, more, a lot more legalization, a lot more freedom um, in the cannabis world. So. Whew, so that was a come. scary gondola, man. That's really, I'm, I'm freaking out, I'm man. I'm glad we're at the top, man. Yeah, this dude, is freaking, freaking me out. out. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about something. Let's go to ski news. Ah, <laughs> happiness. Something nice. Skiing, boarding, powder, snow. Beautiful. Cold wind, beautiful views. Cash money, like green. Boom. First story. All right. Hit us. So if anybody... Um, has been in their summer funk and hasn't like listened to any news about skiing, uh, then they don't know Deer Valley just sold to KSL Aspen for an undisclosed sum. I actually checked uh, moments before this podcast. It's still undisclosed. Still undisclosed, huh? So there's it's not gotta be at least, at least $2 million bucks. It's got to be a lot of money. At least. At least. <laughs> Wasn't Stowe sold for like $65 million? Uh, And like, And wasn't Whistler almost $2 billion? Whistler was 2 point something. 2.2 was it? I think it was almost two, somewhere around there. Um, let's see. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess two hundred and fifty million. Two fifty million. That's what I'm guessing. All right, we're gonna have to keep an eye on that. Uh, so final price tag on Stowe was forty one million. Forty one million. Okay, but yeah. that was that wasn't for everything though, right? That was just the ski. Yeah, they didn't get all wasn't the, the, the resorts and, and the properties. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there was definitely something out of that but yeah it's still undisclosed i'm like i guess they have to tabulate it and i don't know how that works do you just say all right well if it's around 80 million we'll buy it or give or take 10 million like how does that work i don't know i don't know weird now i wonder if i heard a rumor that they're actually going to allow snowboarding now at deer valley with this deal well actually this article i heard it heard because i said it Uh that's the only (laughs) well this article said they're still going to remain um what they've said when the sale happened was they're still going to remain skier only. Um, also, the rumor that I just made up is yeah. actually been um, already shot down. They actually already said that, and I'm uh. like, because that's the first thing people are like, oh, are they going to open it up? Mono ski so, only. Mono ski only mon- resort. Mono ski is just a snowboard with a little twist. Wouldn't that be kind of cool having a mono ski only resort? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. No, you would be no. open for three days and then you'd be bankrupt, <laughs> or you'd you'd set a new trend. Perhaps, right? Monoski Palooza. Monoski Palooza, yeah. That's a yearly thing, right? Jackson Hole, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're saying, uh, and they're going to add that to their big portfolio, um, which they includes- Even on a buying spree this year, right? Aspen. Well, Mammoth. You have, yeah, Aspen, Mammoth. Was it June Mountain, Big Bear, Snow Summit? Squaw. Squaw. Um, so they're countering the- um, the other Vale group that's been buying the crap out of it. So it's it's kind of come down to like a... It's a duopoly a, now, pretty much. It's like a McGregor-Mayweather fight. They're, oh. they're all coming out like, all right, let's... Well, that's kind of a weird term. But <laughs> it's topical, okay. though, right? It's topical. But yeah, so it's like kind of fight, like getting set for like a... So Mayweather's Vale, though, right? I would say he's Vale right Well, because he's older, he's more established. You yeah. Know, he's got the history. And then this KSL group... This Aspen group, they're kind of the newer upstart, Up like coming kind of, yeah. They're like, yeah, we used to own like a bunch of like Chuck E. Cheese's, and now we're <laughs> buying like ski resorts. <laughs> well, it's weird because they don't really have an official company name. It's KSL slash, like, you know, it's it's not like an official. It's a holding company, pretty much. Yeah, 
KSL Aspen. It's, it's like jo- investment joint venture. So are they going to call them Aspen? Are they going to call them something else? And mm. Aspen's going to be one of them? Like, no, it's, it's a, this weird name. So they have to do something about the branding. It's like the Berkshire Hathaway of the ski industry. Berkshire Hathaway would have a better publicist to help with the naming, I think. Yeah, well, they're just a holding company. We want to do the branding. Have you ever seen Berkshire Hathaway's website? No. It's hysterical. Is it? It's from like 1997. That's, see, that's, I love that. It's just basic. And they actually have a thing on their website that says like, hey, if you want to comment on our website design, like we will, we will ignore that, that email. We have way too many requests coming in. And, awesome. Because think about it. I mean, Berkshire Hathaway, who knows what the, I mean, I watched a Warren Buffett documentary on HBO recently. And, and he's worth, like a PowerPoint he's worth $60 like. billion on his own. I mean, who knows yeah. what Berkshire is worth? I, I could look it up, but I'm too lazy. But could you imagine like how many like web design firms are like, hey, you know what? We can put a new skin on your site. It'll just cost you like $2 million and it'll take them like a weekend. Yeah. And they'll just cash in. And Buffett's like, no, nah, we're good. Good. We like our look. We're keeping it real. Dude, this is like a, it's like a spreadsheet or a PowerPoint slide. It's like a uh, Microsoft front page from like 1997. It's really not a page. It's it's a page of just bullets. And then you click into the bullets and you get just documents. It's pretty much Microsoft Word export to HTML. Yeah, it's pretty (laughs) pretty basic. But at the bottom, they have a Geico ad, which is pretty funny. Of course, because they own Geico. I know. I like that. It's one of their companies. They have a little click here for a free quote. I'm like, boom, trying to get people anyway. That's the way you do it. Look at that. Yep. So yeah, so Deer Valley is going to uh, to KSL. So that's a that's a huge purchase. Um, yeah. So there's still speculation. They haven't settled the whole final things about like, you know, the Epic Pass versus the you know Vail Resorts has the Epic Pass, and I think these guys had what uh, Mountain Collective or the which was the pass that they had. I think it was Mountain Collective, wasn't it? Mountain Collective. So everybody's speculating now between Vail and KSL Vail. Um, Case about Aspen, they're all speculating like, okay, what's going to be part of the past? So I think they've announced some stuff, but there's all well, the stuff is still in flight. So who knows? It's Crazy. pretty interesting though. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, headliner announced for the first chair festival in Denver. So this is the second annual first chair festival that's uh, that's being held in uh, in Denver, and they've announced that. The indie pop band Air Traffic Controller will lead the musical lineup for the show. Nice. Look at that. Uh, these tickets go on sale on September the 6th. And I know I tweeted out at Powder because I think they, they are uh, involved in the festival. I'm like, how cool would it be to go out there and podcast from the festival? That would be pretty cool. That would be great. I forgot they had this last year. I thought that it was the first year this year. That's why I was really excited about this article. I'm like, oh, it's the first chair festival. Yeah. But it's actually the first chair festival. The first chair festival. Punctuation is really important. The second important. first chair festival. The second first chair, exactly. <laughs> awesome. It's going to be at Denver on October 7th at the Sculpture Park in Denver, Colorado, where cannabis is still legal. Next one. I'll do the next one, too. You can't stop me. It's snowing in the Alps, everybody. Boom. Now, this, is, this comes off the story we had the last time we podcasted, which I think was two weeks ago, where we talked about how uh, that El Diablo... Or the, that uh, heat wave was, like, melting yeah. the glaciers in Italy. Yeah, that was bad. They had the, the, the footage where it was, like, melting in front of your eyes. Real-time footage was weird. Yeah, but right now it is snowing in the higher slopes in the Alps. Forecasters have predicted up to 60 centimeters could fall at some areas by Monday. Uh, 60 centimeters. 23 inches to you and me. Wow, look at you. <laughs> the conversion right there. 23.6. <laughs> if you will. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, they um, this is going to be coming 
by Monday, which is Labor Day here in the States. Nice. Um, it's early snow. Well, it said it's been a very long, hot summer, which saw snow melt over some glaciers, which we reported, um, exposing the normally snow-covered year-round ice below to hot sunshine. Several scum- uh, summer ski areas were forced to temporarily close last month because of this. I think the eclipse helped cool everything down for a little bit, just saying. It's quite possible. Um <clears throat> Yeah, they're already building snowmen. Snowmen's in certain places. Snowmen's? Snowmen. 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 It's awesome. So, yeah, snow is starting to fall. It's uh, almost ski season. It's more almost than it was this summer. That's right. If that makes any sense at all. And in this, uh, Val Thorens posted, uh, they're opening November, and they posted a video of the snow conditions and the snow falling. <sighs> Looks and, great. And that's near and dear to me because I'm hoping to go there this year. Oh. Um, and then they have some other other places that are open all over the Alps, which is which is pretty nice. Going to help uh, keep things nice there. Hells yeah, it will. And speaking of it still snowing. Australian ski area <laughs> extends the 2017 ski season. So Parisha in Australia, uh, which is one of the well-known areas o- over in, in across the globe, um, they're going to extend this, said, uh, by a week, thanks to some of the best September snow conditions in the country's Ski slopes in years. Tremendous September snow. Tremendous. Hashtag tremendous. Uh, so they're saying the snow falls, they said um, up to 40 centimeters more of snow is expected this weekend. And that is how many inches? That, I guess it's got to be like, what, 12, 13? 15.7. Okay, there you go. 15.7. So they're expecting 15 inches this weekend. By this weekend. Dynamite, yeah. Nice. So they're going to keep... Uh, Keep things open, which is nice. And they they did mention um, another area. Uh, forgot the name of it, but they're Blue Cow. Blue Cow. They're thinking about extending as well. So. Smiggin Holes <laughs> and Guthega are also looking superb. Superb. Best the most years. snow since 2012. Wow, which is wild, right? Yeah. They, I guess they had like a crappy. They had a good start of the season, then they had a crappy mid season, and now it's gotten really good. Yeah. So. It had a mixed start to the season, but yeah, one of those things uh, we've seen here, even in the U.S., it's just luck of the draw. Pretty much, you never know how it's going to go. Maybe you book on a good week, maybe you don't. Enjoy it. You're out skiing rather than sitting home at work. Cherish every turn. Exactly. You know, you never know. You could be walking across the street, get hit by a bus, break your femur, can't ski that season. Boom. And if it's a ski bus, it's even more ironic. <laughs> Is it ever? <laughs> All right, and now here's another. This is an interesting story. This was from Snowbrains. Uh, Colorado investigators release 3D reconstruction of suicide victim in hopes of identifying him. Wild. This is a crazy story. Uh, so this was a guy. He packed plenty of survival gear ready for a long trip, um, but for whatever reason, he shot himself in the head on the west side of Breckenridge Peak uh, back in 2012. Wow. Um, peak number six, actually. Uh, so on July 10th, 2016, the remains of the man were discovered by hikers in an area between Copper Mountain and Breckenridge, known as the Sky Shoots. So it sat there for four years. Yeah. That is nuts. Mm-hmm. That's remote. That's got to be really remote. I mean, people may be hitting like mogul bumps, thinking it was just snow underneath. And it was actually like his body. <sighs> That's crazy. Crazy, right? Um so uh, during the subsequent search on August 3rd, 2016, human skeletal remains and personal items, including a handgun, outdoor gear, and clothing were also found, setting off a baffling death investigation that has yielded far more questions than answers. 
But death investigators, missing persons database, and even the Colorado Bureau of Investigation have been unable to answer the most basic question. Who is this man? Yeah, I guess they're going through like missing persons and trying to figure out like like who is missing. Like who's yeah. there? They're saying on Monday the Summit County Sheriff's Office and Coroner's Office laid out their findings, including a three-dimensional rendering of the man's face, hoping that the public might recognize him and bring the bizarre investigation to a close. That's crazy. And they're saying that the coroner has never seen anything like this before. Yeah, they're saying they've never seen a case where somebody was so well-prepared and turned out to be a suicide like this. Right. Because they actually confirmed that he shot himself in the head with that gun. And it's crazy. There's a, there's a map. They're showing them the Unless the somebody else itself. shot him and left the gun. Just saying. You never know. That's another, you know, that's Children a, of the Forest. Well, that's a crime story. True crime story. Yeah. <laughs> Episode. Dun, dun. SVU. Dun, dun. Uh, they're showing the picture of the the actual shoot, and the skull is like down the mountain from where the body was found. Jeez, which is a little bit disconcerting. Well, after four years, I'm sure it rolls. Well, you're gonna get melt thaw. with yeah. snow melt. Yeah, it'll drip down, yeah. slide down, slide down. Um, so they said the actual hairstyle and length of the hair may be different, but the dead man was with uh, white with blonde hair, and likely between thirty and fifty years old. It's kind of a broad range. Although he could have been as young as 23 or as old as 66. So basically, he's between 23 and 66. They have no idea. Between 5'5 and 6'3. Again, huge range. All clothing sizes were men's large and the boots uh, size 11. He was an experienced backcountry traveler, investigators say, and a smoker. Damn. I guess uh, that's another reason why they should have people register when they're going backcountry. Mm Mm-hmm. Just in case, you know, something happens, they come look for you. They found two water bottles that were made in February of 2012. Um, Mm. Yeah, it's... That's rough. It's pretty pretty messed up, yeah. But I wonder, yeah, they've got the number on the website. We'll we'll post the link, um, the coroner's office, if you have any other additional information. Maybe you can identify this guy. Who knows? Anybody recognizes him, you know, just call in. Yeah. Unfortunately, somebody might still be wondering what happened to their loved one. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, wow, from the crazy death gondola, gondola we were in to this whole crazy thing. I don't know, man. We got, we're going to have to pick this up. Freaking out, man. Freaking out, man. <laughs> All right, so now it's time for our main topic. Yes, indeed. So, Brian, what are we talking about today? Well, we're going to call this Skijistics. Um... You guys are smart listeners, so I'm sure you can figure out how we came up with that name. Ski Logistics. Ski Logistics. There you go. Um, so we're trying to, you know, it's coming down to the end of summer. Things are winding down. You're going to have to accept it. Hey, embrace, Keep, embrace the end of summer. Exactly. You know? So now it's time to start getting ready for ski season. Um, you know, it's time to start thinking about your trips, start getting your gear ready, start working out a little bit. Um, yeah, I haven't even thought about the workout oh, yet. Oh, dude, this last week has been a disaster. Yeah. That, you know, with the baby, everyone's been bringing over, you know, desserts and pastries and, <laughs> and uh, just a lot of eating and a lot of staying up, you know, bleary-eyed all night and working not working out. Working on that out. dad body right away, right? Fuck that. I'm going to fucking rip dad <laughs> body. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's been an adjustment. But yeah, there's this is the time now. You really got to start hunkering down and, and getting ready for the season because it's a coming up. Yeah, and you know, you got to think about like, you know, digging out your gear, planning your trips, uh, planning who's who's going to be available. Like, I know Brian might not be available for all the trips that I want to do, reaching out to other buddies, like who's going on what trips, like, you know, yeah. what am I going to get on? 
Um, One thing I did this year, which I, I never did before, is I made sure I properly stored my gear. I actually had it in a climate-controlled area because I know usually nice. it'd be a matter of just chucking in the garage or the basement. Or uh, I have you know. mine in my storage closet, which probably wasn't good. But yeah, I know. You know, previously I, you know, living in Hoboken, I had you know just a storage unit in the in the general garage area, and that was you know it was based on what people say it was too moist or you know too hot. This year, I actually put everything in like climate controlled closet because now that I actually have area to put stuff, nice. You know, it was. Uh, I'll see if it makes any difference. I'm sure it makes no difference at all, but you know, a little bit uh, couldn't hurt. A little more proactive on that, so yeah. But yeah, you know, you got to start thinking like so. Logistically speaking, I mean, so your logistics have changed. You have you moved right, so you're in a different area of town. I did, and you got a baby. So there's oh, yeah. a whole lot of other things going on. I'm moving down to a warm part of the world. <laughs> <laughs> moving down to florida so yeah. yeah my thing is now you know uh the things you think about now about trips so my thing is i i do i travel with the kid do we get a babysitter um you know i'm planning on doing a couple of you know driving trips up to vermont and uh, one of my considerations is do i get an extra room for my for babysitter mother-in-law sister-in-laws bring someone up for a weekend buy pay for their room it's pretty baller right there it's got to be done yeah that's really what it's all coming down to is you got to be able to – I'm not going to stop skiing, that's for sure. And that's part of the planning. Like So now that changes, like it's extra planning. you know. Exactly. Like me, I'm probably going to still do trips with the, with the Hoboken group up here. Mm-hmm. Now I got to logistically say, am I going to do a, a change of tickets? Am I going to try to see if they can book without flight and book my own flights? Like So that it's adding a whole different level. Complications, of, yeah. yeah. But now it's why you kind of – if you can get a, ahead of this, you can figure things out way before – it's because you don't want to panic at the last minute and have to figure things out because right. that always leads to problems. And I may try to work work in there. So there's like so that's the planning, and then starting to talk to people like, oh, if we're going to do our own trip, that's even better. I'll just plan flying out from wherever, you know, that kind of thing. And then looking at you know vacation times still left and for next year. And I wonder if this is the year to do Wolf Creek because Nick always, you know, shout out to Nick. He's always yeah. trying to get us out there. Maybe this is the year to do that. I think any year is the year to do that. That would be dynamite, yeah. So, yeah, and then, you know, we watched the weather, and then lift ticket, like, because I know a lot of people that are planning to do trips already, and they're like, oh, do I get a mountain collective or an epic pass? Like, what's going on? Because that really plays into now if you're planning to go certain places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they're still, uh, if if they are still available, I know certain times those uh, passes sell out. Yeah. Uh, you you want to get on that as soon as possible because you want to make sure you get the best deal. Yeah. And uh, even get regular lift tickets. I was talking to uh, our buddy at the, the ski house in Killington. He's like, oh, if, if anybody didn't get their lift ticket yet, it's getting ready for another price increase. So it's yeah. like you got to keep, keep on top of it, you know? Yeah. The sooner the better with all this stuff. The sooner you can get in, the better you're gonna, a deal you're going to get. So it definitely pays to plan ahead. Yeah. If you're on the beach right now, you may, be, may or may not be talking to your buddies about, hey, what's everybody doing for Ski House this year, for trips? You know, those are things that come into play. Uh, who's doing a Ski House so I could bum with them? That's always a good conversation to have. That's a big one, yeah. Uh, renegade on a trip. That gonna, always happens. Are you going to buy a, buy some real estate in ski country? That's, right. that's always a big one, too. That's a good you know? one. It's a good one to have. Or if you have a friend, that's, when can I come visit? You exactly. Know? So you got to set them up. You got to set up people nicely. You Do know? you want to be the man or the mooch? <laughs> that's that's those are your two big choices. The either, man or the mooch. Either way, if you get in turns, you're winning. That's true. Hashtag winning. You can do both. You start out as a mooch and you you grow up and you be a man. That's right. 
So yeah, so there's a bunch of things. I mean, even the gear, like I'm I'm packing up to move and I'm like, all right, now I'm actually parting with a lot of my gear because I'm not going to be doing the weekend trips. Mm-hmm. So that that plays into there. Like I don't need as much gear. I just need the week long or, or whatever traveling gear. Um, so what are you getting rid of? It's mainly clothes. Underwear? Can I have some? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know, man. I keep my underwear pretty uh, pretty long time. I don't, think I don't want your boys down there. <laughs> your boys or my boys. I'm talking about boys. <laughs> you can bleach them all you want. Still can't get the thought of them out there. Um, but yeah, no, it's a lot of extra clothes. You know, if you're going for a week long, but you have the weekly clothes that you're... You need like the skin. three pairs pretty much. You can like wash them once or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't need the... You know, three pairs and the warm clothes for going out. Like, you know, I just need a week's worth of clothes, kind of. So, scaling yeah. that down, I'm really trying to go minimalist uh, when I move. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, there's there's old gear. Like, I got rid of skis. I got, you know, I brought you some skis to make your Adirondack chair. Which has not been built yet, of course. It's, it's a That's going to be a fall project. That's a great fall project. That's a, or that's a, uh, yeah, or a spring project. Wait till spring. It's a good fall project, you know, because you, you have a little, uh, so it's cold days and you're kind of like you can't really there's certain things you can't do like summer things you can't do and yeah. there's winter things you can't do yet but you got some some pumpkin beers some oktoberfest beers and you want to uh get the old saw out you know i there you go beers and saws go together like that chop saw out and just boop, boop. well i got a nice new uh what did i get i got a a reciprocating saw nice and i got a table saw i got man shit now you got man shit you got to use it and i got at least i think four pairs of skis that are ready for the uh, for the axe. Nice. So uh, yeah, I got. Remember, a, you can only cut once. It's true. <laughs> Measure twice. Measure cut twice. Once. Cut once. Yeah, I got a, uh, an uncle. Well, uh, uncle-in-law, but he's my uncle. He uh, he's a big woodworking guy. Nice. And I've made an Adirondack chair with him before with regular wood. So I want to see if I can get him down here and we can. Uh, Nice. Start making some ski chairs. You could plan, measure it out, mark everything, and then boom. You know, it'd be cool making a picket fence at a skis. That would be kind of cool. That'd be a lot of skis. That'd be a lot of skis. It's almost like uh, you know, in Game of Thrones, when like Joffrey has like the heads of like, all the people he beheaded on like spikes. Yeah, what's up with that? That would kind of be like that. Like I've destroyed all these skis. So you put heads on top of the skis. That's ter- <laughs> why would you? That's a terrible thought. No, that's just, creepy, dude. But it's like you just murdered all these skis <laughs> to make your fence. You could do that for Halloween. Ski murder. Put fake heads on top of the skis. All around the yard. Quote, unquote, fake heads. Fake heads. <laughs> Your costume sucks. <laughs> Head on a spike. Head on a spike. Yeah, so Boom. there's projects. Yeah. There's projects to be had. Projects um, to be had. Planning. Planning. It's all about planning. You got to get on top of these things because everyone's, you know, at the last minute is always trying to struggle and get things done. Yeah. You got to plan ahead. And if you don't get to plan ahead, just accept the fact that it's going to be a shit show. It's probably going to be a shit show anyway, but mm-hmm. it's good to try to plan. Indeed. Um, and we're big planners. Yes. Because I don't like missing out on stuff. And if you don't plan sometimes, FOMO. you miss out. FOMO. Yeah. So if you guys have any other tips for, uh, for planning as well, we'd really appreciate it. Hit us up, skibumpodcast at gmail.com or any of our socials. Under the ropes. Oh, yeah. It's that time. It's actually, yeah. It's one of our favorite times. It is under the rope time. So, Mario, why don't you kick us off? Get the free ball a little. All right, so uh, I know a lot of people have been raving about What the Health. That's a uh, big, if anybody doesn't know, it's on Netflix. It's a, um, a documentary uh, about food in America and what people are eating and, and things like that. Um, and it's kind of funny because, so we came across uh, a rebuttal to uh, What the Health. And if anybody hasn't talked about it or doesn't know about it, when you start talking to somebody about it, 
you realize uh, my my experience with it was I've realized that um, there's groups of friends that are all of a sudden talking. Oh, did you watch it? Like it's kind of like a little bit cultish. Like oh, did you watch it yet? Like everybody's waiting to watch it, and then everybody's swearing off of meat. They're like, oh, yeah, meat's going to kill everybody. So, we shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be doing that. So we should start off by saying, so this documentary, What the Health? Now, at the end of the day, their agenda is what? Is uh, get off meat and start being vegan? I don't know. There's some there's some other stuff in there about, like, diabetes and, and things like that. So, you know, um, it's just kind of funny. I haven't watched it yet, so I can't say intelligently what it's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably will watch it. But I just like, you know, based on the conversations I had with my friends where they're trying to tell me, like, how to eat and how to live my life. I ate pretty clean. I ate better than most people I know. Yeah. Uh, I still eat a lot of junk food, like, if comparatively, like, you know, for what I'd like to eat. But I know when I'm eating junk food, I kind of regulate what I eat and stuff. Yeah. Um, so the directors, uh, Kip Anderson and Keegan Kuhn, they've actually created a couple other movies called Cowspiracy and Turlock. And I know both of those. I, I've never heard of Turlock, but I know Cowspiracy. Their whole thing is about how beef is bad and how, you know, you know, cow farming is, you know, it's detrimental to the environment. It's detrimental to people consuming it. It's Again, it's very agenda-driven on yeah. their end. And I could understand partially some of the claims, like they're you know, they're legitimate, like you know, cruel treatment to animals, maybe over farming, things like that. I could I could get on board. Yeah, but they also allege that eating eggs is as bad as smoking cigarettes. That seems a little sensationalist. Yeah. So Onnit did this whole Onnit Academy. They did this whole um, rebuttal, and, and that this what they go through is, um, yeah. Was it eggs are as bad as uh, eggs and heart disease? So they're saying eggs are as bad as cigarettes. And they say consuming animal products raises the risk of diabetes. And then while sugar is innocent and meat causes cancer, that's what yeah. they're claiming. So they're saying diabetes is never caused by eating carbs, which is total bullshit. Um, <laughs> I just and they call them out. So that, so they're like, D- did we all just enter the upside down world of Stranger Things? This is lunacy. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so they go through one by one, and mind you, so. The person I recently was talking to about this, one of my friends, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to eat better and, you know, you, you should do this and you should do that. And this was all while we were eating Taco Bell at the time. Eh. And I'm like, dude, we're eating Taco Bell. What the fuck are you talking about? Taco Bell's not really meat. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just <laughs> like, so you're telling me like how to eat better and what's causing cancer and all this bad shit. And I'm like, and we're eating fast food. Like, that's just totally beyond like, you know. It's that the upside down world. Yeah. And going back to the egg thing, they were saying that the International Journal of Cardiology found that eating two eggs daily for six weeks had no effect on total and LDL cholesterol. And they said in 2013, a meta-analysis in the British Medical Journal determined no significant association between egg consumption and the risk of cardiovascular disease and stroke. And they said actually eggs may help lower your risk of heart disease, according to a Japanese study published in the International Journey of Epidemiology. Epidemiology, yeah. It surveyed 40,000 people over 16 years, showing that eggs decreased the risk of death by stroke. Incidentally, so did other uh, foods the researchers tested, such as fish and dairy. Meanwhile, beef, pork, chicken, ham, sausage, and milk had no association with stroke death. Hmm. And then they, I guess they made the claim that within medi- 
minutes of eating flesh, there's a burst of inflammation that stiffens artery walls. And the, yeah, in my pants. In my, <laughs> and the rebuttal is there's no secret that eating anything causes a degree of inflammation. So, you know, while they're, they're trying to say that meat is, like, worse than everything else, they're saying, like, everything does, including, like, ice cream, chocolate, bread, the carbs, which they say don't cause diabetes. Like, that all causes inflammation. So um, I just – it's kind of interesting how they, they break that down. Uh, CDC – uh, they're saying industrial pollutants have, uh, yeah, they're, well, so they go into like, so they go into that claim and they say, no, that's, that's kind of, that's pretty bullshit too. Um, eating meat will risk your, will raise your risk of getting cancer. Um, they're saying the, um, world health organization is classifying meat as a level two carcinogen. Uh, now the rebuttal is saying that the world health organization who made the announcement, um, looked at incidences of colorectal cancer and red meat consumption. Um, And they found that association, but with little evidence that higher intake uh, had that same risk. So it's kind of, you know, they're just calling out the twisting of of some of the stuff that they put in the movie. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, there's... uh... Dairy is another one. Everybody was telling me, oh, you got to stop eating dairy. Anything dairy... Um, and they're saying, you know, eating dairy products, so the claim in the movie, eating dairy uh, increases risk of prostate cancer, 34% in men, and just one serving boosts the chances of breast cancer in by 49%. And they're saying while much of the research is showing an association between milk and prostate cancer, didn't distinguish between skim and whole. And uh, that's a huge fed. difference because a lot of times the skim milk, what, what makes it skim is that they reduce, they add like water to it and add sugar. Right. And it's the sugar that's the problem, not the milk itself. And they're saying they didn't even test, like, is there a difference between grass-fed and organic or conventional? So, um, yeah, they're saying subjects who drank skim milk were, well, International Journal of Cancer found that subjects who drank skim milk were at an increased risk versus those who drank whole milk. So it's kind of just all this crazy stuff that they put in there, and it's it's something to be picked apart, I guess. Um they did say, like, environmental issue. So they're saying ran- raising animals to support uh, meat-rich diets pollutes the earth. Uh, and they're saying, yeah, you know, it is, it is true that there's a, uh, you know, factory farming is a, is, a, is a problem because it mass produces, causes a lot of greenhouse gases, a lot of pollutants that go into the water. And, and also makes a lot of health, unhealthy animals. Unhealthy animals. So, you know, one solution to that is don't eat the mass-produced, you know, meat, but if you eat grass-fed or get you know farm raised like legitimately nicely raised animals like that's that's a different story then you know? yeah if you can get yourself a bison yeah either hunt one or just you know buy like a whole side of bison meat that's probably one of the best things you can do i just bought a chest freezer because now i have a house i have to fill it with things and one of the things i got one of the first things i got was a chest freezer and now i want to fill it with meat you need a side of beef right dudes i want a side of either beef or a bison or elk elk would be awesome we got to do a hunting trip. Steve and John will probably be up for it. Dude. They, they were actually just talking about it. Not really? Too long ago. Yeah. Tell them I'm in. Reach out to them. Just tell them. Podcast at gmail.com. Hit me up <laughs> if you got some elk. Elk. Some elk or bison, man. Oh, that's what, that was like my, one of my favorite things about being, when you got skiing out west, you know, Utah, Wyoming, Colorado, there's so much of that game meat out there and it's just so delicious. It's so much better for you. And too. it's so healthy. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, so you know, you gotta while while looking while watching a, a movie is great. Uh, I would suggest don't get into the group thing. Don't don't believe the hype. Don't take everything for face value. Look into the research. So um, I'm actually gonna watch What the Health, and then I'm gonna use it and look at this and kind of compare what's going on. Yeah, I mean, my kind of I, I try I'm like you. I try to eat healthy when I can, but I, I you know I'm guilty. I will eat the fuck out of some ice cream and some key lime pie. Those are my weaknesses. Fat fuck Friday. Fat fuck Friday. But um, you know when I on my normal you know, diet. I try to keep things pretty natural. I don't like look at my fridge now. I got a lot of uh full fat things. I like good butter, carry gold, you know, grass fed butter. Um a lot of you know, everything is full fat. I don't like any reduced fat, yeah. any skim nonsense. Because that's where all the additives come in. I don't do any diet, any no sugar, you know, fake sugar. I yeah. don't like I don't like the taste of any aspartame, nutrition, any of that crap. No. So that's why I try. I try to watch sugar and anything that's unnatural. Those are those are my kind of my guidelines for my diet. I like to again. I'll, I'll put butter on my bread, you know, yeah. and I like I like bread like the big whole grainy ones, you know, like the the German style breads. I like those. Um, but yeah, a lot of meat, a little bit of dairy, vegetables, um, and then some. I try to watch my starches, but you know, again, just having the kid, friends bringing over food, you know, ravioli. A little uh, spaghetti and a little eggplant palm. You know, I'm not going to say no to that. Uh, there you go. But I, I try to avoid a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, meats, vegetables, full fats. I uh, I'm all in on those. Yeah. I'm a lot of coconut like oils, like coconut oil, olive oil. Use that. Avocado oil is a big one too. I'm starting to get into a lot yeah. of avocados. Um, yeah. Try to I, again. I've I've, em- I've embraced fat and trying to reduce sugar and and unnatural. I do flowers. Good olive. The thing is, you got to get good olive oil because there's a lot of fake. Olive oil out there that's actually not extra virgin. I read that, that whole, whole book you had. Yeah, it's called yeah. Uh, Extra Virginity. But and they actually just tell you about so it's got dirty used whore olive oil that you uh, got. You got you got to get the good <laughs> sloppy olive oil. vagine from Seaside <laughs> olive oil. But I get olive summer oil. full of banging. Just <laughs> ugh. Ugh. I'll put good olive oil in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, like, I, I don't care if it if it, you just know dip it in bread. Dip your bread in a good olive oil. Yeah, it's right. Really not going to kill you. No, you know? it's great. Um, yeah, it's just isn't it funny though how like all these stupid health trends over the years. You know, as you get older, you develop wisdom, and you just you've lived through the bullshit. Like you've seen the trends come and go. Yeah. I remember like as a kid, like the baked potato diet was like a big thing. Everybody like you just get a baked potato diet. and you would just eat that with like some, some cheese and, and sour cream in it. Yeah. It's like this is the diet. Like this is what you're going to eat. Anything to the extreme, I just don't agree with. Like, so the Atkins diet, I didn't agree with, but now they they've modified Atkins. Like the South Beach, it makes a little more South sense. South Beach, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of a, an offshoot of the Atkins. Makes a little more sense, you know. Yeah. Um, paleo, I could uh, I could understand that. You that know? makes a lot more. That's like the book I I just got that cookbook, the yeah. uh, Mark Sisson, the the Primal Kitchen. Okay. He, he a lot of it's based on on Paleo. Yeah. So, but again, I, like I've made a bunch of the recipes and they're absolutely delicious like there's nothing you're missing out on it's really just eliminate a lot of like junk a lot of uh refined processed junk that's yeah. what you that's what you eliminate and it's fine to have it once in a while but like not, not every day you know sure. i mean it's it's you got to be real i got half of know? a calzone upstairs i'm gonna eat the fuck out of that tonight <laughs> i can assure you that not worry about <laughs> but i haven't had a calzone in probably six years but so did you get the diet calzone it's full of the big, the regat, you know, full fat regat yeah. and sausage. It's 
delicious. Again, I haven't had one in six years probably, so I'm going to eat this and enjoy it. Well, we're going to get to the end of the year soon, and once we start moving closer to like the holidays, everybody's like, oh, I got to watch what I'm eating because the holidays are coming. No way. The opposite. And then end of year, it's like everybody's trying to work out, New Year's resolutions, and it's funny because it's a, it's a, a yearly fad that's going to keep happening every time. And January 1st, all those stupid ads for like Planet Fitness yep. and Nutrisystem, they all just like bombard the airwaves. And every commercial is, have you put on a little extra weight since the holidays? Come to Planet Fitness for $1 a month and you can wait in line and or the, the food. dummies for the next three weeks and then it'll be empty again. Yeah. Or the Jenny Craig with the food. Jenny Craig, Nutrisystem. Nutrisystem. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I do whatever you feel comfortable with. I'm just saying. I, I prescribe to just eat normal stuff and just try to... Intermittent fasting, too. That's one of the ones that I've, I've been reading about yeah. that seems to be helping a lot of people. And uh, I know Joe Rogan has mentioned on his podcast, his thing is he tries to uh, only eat between the hours of like, uh, I think, 10 and 8. So 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Right. So you're leaving yourself from 8 p.m. to 10 a.m., which is what, 14 hours? So it's 14 hours of fasting, really. And you're not really missing it I mean, it's not like you're you're doing it during the day and you're struggling and you're like oh i've been working all day i've been running around i'm hungry it's that time where you're kind of your body's winding down already at night and in the morning you can kind of push through and you right. know work wait till 10 o'clock to start eating start out in the morning you get up you have a workout you kind of do whatever then you eat i mean that's, so that's you're not gonna miss you. it yeah right. so that, that intermittent fasting is one that, that i found particularly interesting lately mm. and i want to start doing it but i have a right now again I'm using the kid as an excuse, but just timing, everything is just, you just do what you got to do to survive at this point. You know, yeah. like it's, it's I mean, tough to be like, we've been eating dinner like eight o'clock, like every night. Yeah. I usually eat pretty late. Cause by the time I get home from work and stuff, it's like seven thirty. I eat, but usually I, after I eat, I don't go back at like 10 or 11 o'clock and eat. So I know some people, they're having snacks at like 12, you know, dude, I was that guy last night. I was doing some, uh, some freelance work and I was friggin' Wolf down half a pint of Ben and Jerry's tonight dough because it was sitting there. Nice. So I bought it and it was on sale and I was hungry and it was so goddamn good and I just ate two freaking bowls of it and uh, I regretted it instantly. But every second it was in my mouth, I enjoyed it. There you go. So again, I'm not immune. Yeah, I'm not, not even close to immune, but you know. If you're going to do it, at least enjoy it. Oh, oh I did. I hate when the people are like, oh, you know, I felt so bad, but I ate it. Like, no, you should feel good about it just to understand you're not going to do that all the time. I regret nothing. You gotta have a. I always say you have to have a, a healthy love of food. Definitely. If you have that unhealthy love of food where you're binge eating and stuff, then that's that's a real problem. Mm, that was me on Friday when I bought that stuff. Yeah. Because I ate half a pint of something and I found a piece of peanut butter cake in the freezer and ate that. <laughs> oh, shit, and then dude. I found what else? I ate something else too. I don't even want to talk about it. it nice. Was, it was terrible. Gotta, you gotta keep a food journal. Be like, all right, let's see, <laughs> see what I ate today. If I did, that page would be just covered in tears. Just tear soaked page. <laughs> I was looking at, um, so I looked up an example of carb loading, like what, what to eat, you know, before like a big run or a big bike ride. And they actually got all the food as an example and put it out like for one, one sample of what you could eat, like the 30, 36 to 24 hours before your big run or big ride. Okay. And they put it out like in one picture. And I was like, mm. wow, that's a lot of food. And I thought about it. I was like, you know, if you write down and you, if you had a picture of everything that you ate in one day, you'd probably be surprised at like how much it looks like. Oh yeah. Big time. It's, it's almost terrifying how much you yeah. really eat when you see it laid out that way. Yeah. Like, just everything, like, if you had one, like, if you got two of everything and ate one and just saved it just for the day, just to see <laughs> what it looked like, I think the volume of, of what you ate would be surprising. Oh, yeah. 
It'd be no cool. About it. it'd, it'd be surprised. Even what you drank and stuff would be kind of interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so definitely, uh, definitely be smart about things. Keep eating meat. Keep eating eggs. Keep eating vegetables. Avoid the ho hos and exercise. And actually, that's yeah. exercise is the game changer for everything. Mm-hmm. You can get away with a lot more if you if you uh, do a little bit of exercise. Yeah. All right. So speaking of which, <laughs> this is from our pals at Rob Report. $106 million Italy World will be a theme park for foodies. Nice. 20-acre mecca to food in the town of Bologna, Italy. 20 it's acres? 20 acres. Oh, so it's kind of going to be a Disneyland for foodies, they're saying. It's opening on November 15th of this year. They better have some scooters ready. For the Americans. <laughs> Here come the Americans. Um, it's going to be a celebration of Italian culinary traditions. So I don't know if any of you folks have ever been, but in New York City, um, but also Chicago and Boston, there's a, uh, I guess it's a store or an experience called Italy. You've been to it, right? Uh, I've seen it. I haven't been to it. Oh, really? The one by Chelsea? Uh, there's one there, and there's one also right by Madison Square Park, 23rd and 6th. Oh, okay. So it's, I think Mario Batali, he's involved in the whole enterprise, and it's, you walk in and it's almost like a European style market. There's all those little hawker stalls. So you have like, you know, this is like a pizza section. This is like a cheese section. This is like a cold cut section. And the one I know in, in New York at 23rd Street, they have the uh, Beeria, I guess they call it, Beeria. It's like a beer garden beer on garden. the top floor. Okay. So they have all these like, they have a lot of dogfish head beers there for some reason. But they have some like small cask amounts of beers. Hmm. Um, and they have like, I mean, the the cheeses, the uh, you know, like the charcuterie platters, the cold cuts, the pizza, like everything is unbelievable, very authentic Italian. Nice. And so they've they've got these, um, you know, these Italy's right now, but they're going to open this massive one in Italy, and they're saying it's going to be twenty times the size as the big downtown New York location. Yeah, there's one down by World Trade Center too. They just opened up. Oh, really? I gotta look. <clears throat> yeah, that's the one of the things you can do before you move. Oh, uh, you know what I love? That's about an this? important one. They're saying it's so big that the Italian. I was going to say that because you oh, mentioned the scooters. God. Yeah, so the uh, Bianchi, the uh, the bike company, has crafted 500 bikes with baskets attached to the front, so patrons can more easily traverse the 20 acre grounds. That is awesome! Isn't that cool? I want to like a city bike kind of thing. We got to put like in real here. Italy experiences. What what you think about right? right? It'll, yeah, you get bicycle with the basket. Yeah, your baguette sticking out. <laughs> the baguette, right? Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, um, they're also going to open uh, uh, eventually open a hotel, two hundred room property currently slated to open next year you know to let visitors spend multiple days experiencing everything Italy has to offer. <laughs> Dude, to be some eating going down. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that. That's gonna that just made my bucket list. This could be better than Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> but what's also cool is they're gonna have workshops there. So if you want to watch like how pasta, cheese, prosciutto. And uh, other things are being made. Learn how to make pasta. Boom. You could. And they're actually going to show the process of milling grains into flour, which is pretty cool. Two and a half acres devoted to the growing of produce like olives, eggplants, and hazelnuts, and to the grazing of livestock, including cows, goats, sheep, and pigs. Not the American method where you go to like a friggin' Tyson farm and you see all these chickens just jammed into a a, a friggin' tiny pen which is gross. 25 restaurants and food stalls will have spots dedicated to pillars of Italian cuisine like pizza and pasta as well as an Italian-focused cocktail bar serving spritzes. 
Nice. How dynamite does this sound? Additionally, there will be guided tours to the other grounds, cooking and farming classes, and something Italy is calling rides that explore the relationship between humans, the earth, and food. Though it sounds more like edutainment movies you'd watch at museums. Regardless, it'll give you something to do while your stomach digests before going back to the restaurants for more food. Nice. I'm actually salivating. This sounds really, really good, right? Sounds really good. So next, so, this, so November it's going to open. So like two months, two start. and a half months, yeah. Oh, this November, November fifteenth, yeah. Oh, I thought they were saying okay. The hotel's next. The restaurant year. next, or the yeah, yeah, the hotel's going to be next year. Mm, I'm salivating. Right you ever gone to like? You've been to Napa, right? Nope. You've never been to Napa? That's on the oh, list too, dude. There was a place we went to uh, on our honeymoon. We went. We stopped in Napa and did a couple places. There's a, a again. There's plenty of probably better ones too. But we went to a place called Visatui. And there was, you know, the vineyard, but they also had this market where they had all these, like, you could buy, like, cheeses and bread and a bottle of wine and just go sit out on the grounds and just kind of, like, hang out. Hmm. And, again, very, like, old-school Italian, you know, trying to probably replicate this experience on, like, a much smaller level. But it's just Mm. unbelievable. So delicious. That's a huge... Napa in the fall is the best. It's one of, like, the best places to go. Napa, and then you fly over to Bologna. Boom. Well, you go to Burning Man first, which is happening now. Boom. Burning Man to Napa to Bologna. And then you ski Italy. Coast to coast. Boom. LA to Chicago. And you ski Italy. You do like uh, Cortina or something. Problem is it's September. Too soon. Damn it. Oh, no, no. You do it during the winter. Well, if we're talking about Burning Man, then it's too early. I'm talking September. Yeah. You might have to do Burning Man separate then. Probably. You got to get skiing in, unless, yeah. you, unless you go to Australia. Or you can go to Burning Man, Napa, hang out in Hawaii for a month, then just shoot over to Italy. Big waves. Yeah, do a little surfing. Italy, and then yeah. you're alping it. See? Alps of Dolomite. You can make it work. You can make it work. We could, we could plan that out. That's what we do. We make it work. Uh, all right, next up we have, very interesting, uh, from Jail to Jaws, there is a drug, spo- dr- drug suspect... In North Carolina, a uh, 20-year-old attempts to elude police by diving into the ocean and swimming away. <laughs> so while this sounds like a great idea, uh, as he's swimming away, uh, the North Carolina police decided, look, we got to get a drone out and track him because we're not going to jump in and, and get him. So as they're tracking him, they have video. You got to look at this link. It's awesome. <laughs> he's swimming, and about 20 or 30 feet away from him, there is a shark that is just swimming right alongside of him. And it basically knew he was there, and it's just kind of following him, and they wound up picking him up out of the, uh, out of the ocean. So it was... Um, they're saying that they don't know if he was aware of the animal, of the, of the shark there, uh, which if he's swimming away from the police, I'm, I'm imagining he's not. But Well, do we know for sure that the shark wasn't deployed by the police? Deploy the police shark. Right? I mean, if you're going to be on the water there, why not have a police shark? Oh, God. Hashtag police shark. Police shark. (laughs) So he got charged with, you know, trying to uh, elude police, resisting arrest, obstructing an officer, possession of drug paraphernalia. So you got to respect his swimming game, though, if he's swimming that well. He had to be a pretty good swimmer. Getting away from the cops and the shark. (laughs) You get to let him go. Oh, man. It's crazy. You know what? You really can't view any articles on the Daily Mail because it's all full of like. Oh, bikini bait. pictures and crap on the left on the right side. Yeah. 
It's all clickbait. Cindy Crawford's daughter looks just like her mom. Victoria's Secret photo shoot. Stupid Daily Mail. That shark, I gotta say, was, uh, was a decent size. That's fantastic. Yeah, so he got pulled over and ran from his car into the water. <laughs> like, I thought it, originally when I read this, like, he jumped from a boat. I'm like, oh, Coast Guard came or something. Like, no. Nah. They pulled him over, and he just ran into the water and started swimming. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I'm swimming. I'm swimming You're never going to catch me. <laughs> I love it. That was awesome. Yep. Could have been worse. Oh, it can be worse. Speaking of worse, how about the woman who called police to complain about bad meth quality? <laughs> Thanks a lot, Montana. Heisenberg wasn't quite blue. I thought for sure this was a Florida man story, but apparently (laughs) it was not. A woman in Montana allegedly called the police to report that she had bought bad meth that caused, quote, a bad taste in her mouth. Holy crap. Um, Meth, or methamphetamine, is a strong central nervous system stimulant that is mainly used as a recreational drug. The drug has gained worldwide recognition courtesy to American drama series Breaking Bad. Oh, man, that's horrible. On receiving the call, the police department in Great Falls, city of Minnesota, or I'm sorry, Montana, sent a police officer to 33-year-old Marjorie Ann Dayrider's residence who had a bad reaction after injecting meth. What? How do you inject meth? I thought they, everybody smoked it. This is how bad of a drug guy Sometimes you got to push the envelope. Sometimes you got to keister that stuff. So Dayrider mentioned to Officer John Marshall that the side effects of the reaction induced vomiting, tingling tongue, bad taste in her mouth. <laughs> According to local media reports, Dayrider reported, quote, I do meth three times a day, every day, and have never had this reaction before. She also mentioned that she, along with her boyfriend, had purchased the drug the night before and that she injected herself at 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 3 p.m. Wow. She also told the patrolling officer that she had still had some meth inside her bra. Which got her arrested. I, I, uh, yes, uh. she's arrested on a felony narcotics possession charge. The offense carries a sentence of up to five years in prison. Damn. So they're saying um, the side effects oh. of shooting up meth, injecting it, uh, it reaches the brain quicker, and there's an extreme rush or feeling of euphoria. Uh, but while it's intense, it only lasts for a few minutes, and thus more of the drug needs to be injected in order to have that continuous feeling. So that's why she she does it three times a day. Mm. That is crazy, dude. Wow, nine, ten, and three p.m. So you know what? If if you're ever down on yourself for what you're doing in this world, always know it could be a lot worse. Damn, you could be a uh, a meth head calling the cops about your meth quality. Yeah, what does what the hell say about meth? It doesn't mention it one bit. <laughs> one bit. Oh, God, it's horrible. See, meth should be legalized so that at least it's of proper quality. So oh. that, you know, there won't be any calls about having improper, messed up, laced meth. Oh, it's basically made from everything you would lace something with, right? Like pretty cleaners much. Cleaners and acids and shit. Like it's Metals and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Drano. Wow. Oh. What was <sighs> the thing they got the, uh, the tanker full of? They had to steal in Breaking Bad? Methylamine? Was that it? Methylamine. That was yeah. like the one ingredient they couldn't get their hands on. I think that's what they was that the ingredient they extract out of like the um sinus medicine or the allergy medicine, whatever it is. Maybe. Like Maybe. it was is a different type of what that replaced or something. Right. So getting the uh kind of like the industrial strength one was better because it was right. easier. Easier to but do. it was harder to get. Yeah. 
It made the production easier. That's wild. I'm watching the... Um, well, I watched that Ozark mm-hmm. uh, show the, on Netflix. And they actually were talking. I didn't realize. So, like, they were they mentioned something in there. I'm not going to spoil anything. But they mentioned something in there. If you grow poppies, it's legal to grow them. But you have to do something, like, cut something or whatever while they're growing if you want to grow them, like, just to sell them as flowers. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're like cocaine poppies. Like, just, like, the poppy flower. Poppy people flower. sell you, at like, what is it? Um the veterans always sell. Yeah. So I guess they do something to that while it's in the growing process. Otherwise, if it's unregulated, it's the the cocaine one. Like you could actually... I was like, what? Like opium. Yeah, yeah. Right? I guess that's what you get out of it. Yeah. It's wild stuff. Hmm. Anyway. So this is this next story. This is from like our new favorite show that yeah. we've been watching the last couple of months. Now, it's funny because we mentioned Rick and Morty, uh, the show last, <laughs> last year, I think when they were talking about the anniversary of... Um, Back to the Future, and they were saying how this show has like a parody. It's like almost like a parody of Doc and um, Marty. Marty, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but instead of traveling, they're traveling around, like they're traveling through space and time and through different dimensions. Mm-hmm. So it gets very creative, and it's funny. I was actually talking to somebody at my physical therapist's office that she watches Rick and Morty, and I'm talking to her. I'm like, I'm able to have a conversation. And the funniest thing is, I'm like, yeah, my buddy and I were talking about this. Like, I can't even have a conversation about it if somebody hasn't seen Rick and Morty at all, because I could tell them like, it's oh, so bizarre. Wasn't yeah. it Harry when the wasn't it hilarious when the testicles beat the crap out of out of uh, Rick? Like, <laughs> after traveling through time and space to find him, what are you like, talking about? Yeah, people look at you like weird, and it's like, but you have to see the episode that I'm talking about. And it's hilarious. One of my favorite things is like the current season, like season three, the um, like the intro video, you know, like they show yeah. like the footage, the one where it shows like Morty on RubHub and like <laughs> it's almost like a, like a Pornhub spoof. Yeah. And there's like the lady pulling her panties down, but she has two faces on her ass and you see Morty turn his head and it's his face is an ass. It's like an ass. it's just like. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. It's just so weird. And it the show gets like more and more ridiculous. Yeah. And Pickle they, Rick is one of my favorite episodes. Pickle Rick. <laughs> or Little Rick. Little Rick. Little Rick, yeah. I um, love Pickle Rick though. Oh my god. <laughs> so so this um this link that we have is a comprehensive list of every Rick and Morty universe so far, which is pretty cool because you can kind of reminisce while you're looking through the list. Yeah. Um it's very interesting. If you want to know how strange, if you haven't seen the show, how strange it is, <laughs> go look at this list and be like, I got to watch this cuz this is messed up. The good part is they have it by um episode. So you could say, "Oh, that's pretty cool." Yeah. And they explain like what what the um <laughs> <laughs> the lawnmower dogs are my favorite episodes too. Lawnmower dogs, cool. a universe that looks just like ours, but dogs are in charge. <laughs> I love how they messed up everything, and they're like, "All right, let's leave this this universe. We're, let's leave this dimension. We're gonna go to another one." All oh, the Cronenberg universe. <laughs> they messed up the whole Earth. It was awesome. The Rick Potion number nine one is just so messed up. Which, uh, oh, that when was Morty where... tries like get Jessica to like him <laughs> and makes the potion. But like everybody wants as to- long as no one has the flu and like everyone has the flu and they all fall in love with Morty. Yeah. And then he creates the opposite, the opposite DNA or something. Yeah. And they're like, how is like praying mantis DNA like the opposite? And everyone becomes like praying mantises. And that's when they left the the, the dimension for another one. Like, all right, we can't fix this. We're yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. They Cronenberged it. They Cronenberged it. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awesome. Oh my God. It's so bizarre. Or they check in the Jerry. Yeah. Jerry checking. <laughs> uh, 
See, it's like you got to watch the show. It's just so out there. And it took me an episode, like the first episode I watched it, and I was like, I can't. This, it, I'm not it's into too this. weird. Yeah, and one thing that kind of stood out to me is how much they say each other's names. Like he's, they say like, hey, Morty, hey, Morty, hey, Morty. Like they say it a yeah. lot. Hey, and Rick, Rick. Like they just say their names a lot. Rick says his own name a lot on yeah. purpose too. But yeah. even when he talks to Morty, he'll say, his, he'll say Morty like all the time. Yeah. And it, it took me, like I watched the first episode, and I was like, I don't know how into this I am. And uh, I gave it another shot, and I'm so glad I did because it was just – you told me, like, just stick it out. And uh, I told you, just got to stick it out two, three episodes, and you'd be like, holy crap, this is The hilarious. second episode with the dogs running the – I was hooked. The, I was that was a totally little, hooked, yeah. A little more dog, right? It was so good. Yeah, a more dog. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> My name is not Snuggles. <laughs> you get the butter. The little the, – the one little butter yeah. robot that's sentient. <laughs> No, you get the butter. That's what you do. Oh my god, it was beautiful. <laughs> All right, so so that's <laughs> reverse height reality where the where the version of Game of Thrones where Tyrion is taller than everybody else. <laughs> Did you see this week's episode when they actually had at the very end they had like a rest in peace like or Game of Thrones writers 2011 to 2016? No. I guess they were so pissed off about how the uh that episode Spoiler alert for all those who haven't watched Game of Thrones yet, where one of the dragons becomes a pet of the White Walker, uh, Night King. Um, I guess they were so annoyed at that episode and how like the season kind of like space time has kind of been abbreviated in certain yeah. certain places that they actually put like a like a little like memoriam at the end of the episode. Oh, nice! Yeah, it was kind of a uh, kind of harsh. Wow, that's pretty pretty rough. Yeah. A universe where it's Gazer Pazerfield, not Garfield. <laughs> Get Swifty. Get Swifty. Ball fondlers. <laughs> Show us what you the ball fondlers. That was the one that was <laughs> Ball Fondlers was pretty good. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's crazy stuff. It's very creative and it's awesome. So it started on Adult Swim and it's just kind of like just taken off like going viral now. Yeah, it's pretty out there. It's fantastic. And there's no episode this week. Damn it. <laughs> the dimension where pizzas eat people. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, if you're high too, it definitely makes it even funnier. Yeah. So I we don't not recommend doing that. It's it's yeah. Definitely makes things better. Yeah. All right. All right. And we're gonna wrap this up. Now, for some reason, we've had a bear theme for our final stories the last couple of episodes. Bears are the new sharks, man. They do crazy shit. Bears uh, bears do some pretty incredible things. So this story was from Motherboard, which is uh, the Vice folks. And it's, a guy punched a black bear in the face when it tried to break into a house. Damn. Talk about badass. They're saying that human black bear conflicts are on the rise. And um, huh. I don't think bears are quite aware of how badass humans are, but they are learning. I would love to see that. So a couple of days ago in British Columbia, uh, a mother and her two kids were involved in a situation where a black bear came through a sliding glass door into their home. Damn. So they locked themselves in a bedroom while the bear went around the house, drooling all over the dining room table before a family friend managed to push the black bear out through the sliding doors and punch the bear in the nose, <laughs> according to the Sunshine Coast Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Damn. The bear chewed on the door until the police showed up. <laughs> Damn. How do, you, how do you go back and have dinner at that table again? I think it's time to go to Ikea and get a new table. Yeah, this is kind of... But they're saying that, you know, 
that in British Columbia that black bears and humans are starting to run into each other more and more. The province has reportedly seen more than double the number of conflicts between humans and black bears compared to just 2016. Mm. Every place is building so much. We have it here in Jersey. Yeah. We get so much more conflict because they're just getting pushed out of their natural area. In the town of Burnaby, students have been asked to stay inside on their lunch breaks because of the worry about bears. Wow. They have become fully habituated to humans. They'll have to be killed. Jeez. You know who uh, is going to help with that? Trump? Bear suit man. Oh. Remember bear suit? Do I ever? George Herdebees? That guy is the man. I know his name because he's a genius. That's right. He, I don't know if he's alive. He's from like but. the 80s, right? All those videos of him like running. That the, super suit he made. The best is my buddy uh, Gary bought the video. Oh, did he really? Yes. He's like, he was so fascinated. He's like, I just got to, I'll throw the 12 bucks. It was like the grizzly suit. Isn't that what he called it or something? Yeah. He like multiple we, versions of it. Well, he called bear, himself Bear Suit Man. He actually made a, a oh, really? uh, one of the suits. They got into like where it was almost like something out of Halo. It was great. Jeez. Um, but... The video is hilarious because he's got like he's Canadian. He's got like this mullet, and he's on. They they open up Don't like all Canadians have mullets. Like isn't that like redundant? That <laughs> they're playing this like cool music, like you know swanky music, and he's on a forklift and somebody's driving him. He's like just sitting there staring out like he's a big tough man. It is hilarious. What isn't there like one episode, like one scene where like the pickup truck like hits him? Yes, dude. (laughs) You keep watching that over and over. They hit him and he goes flying like fifty feet, just flying across. And he gets up. He's like, I'm good. Or the best part, he's like, he's standing out there and he gives these dudes bats and they just start beating the crap out of him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you haven't seen, he's on a berm and they kick him down down the hill, right? Dude, him, that and Terry Tate, I could watch over and over. Troy Herdebees, there he is. Yeah. Troy Herdebees. Yeah, Project Grizzly. That's what it was. <laughs> this one? Yeah, it's one of them. Oh my God. If oh. you haven't watched Project Grizzly. And they play this funny music. It's awesome. It's supposed to be like badass, but it's almost comical in a way. It is very comical. But it is a thing of beauty. These guys hitting him with bats. The car was. It is. I don't know a car that's going to attack you like that. It is art in the truest sense of the word. It's like a car going 20 miles an hour, but but they put a uh, a mattress on the front. <laughs> it just hits him. He goes. It's like it. a pickup truck, isn't it? Yeah. I'm like, why would you do that? It's just, that's just bad. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I understand the idea behind it, but are you going to get hit by a grizzly that's that big going 20 miles an hour? For some reason, it's not loading. I don't know what's going on with the internet down here in the old basement. but The old basement. The old basement. So, yeah, Troy Herdebeest, you are a hero <laughs> to the highfalutin ski bums, that is for sure. And if you look at the Wikipedia page for him, he, like, invented all this other stuff that, like, I guess he said, like, some of the governments were actually interested. He, he actually had some things that were, but there was one that he was using microwaves, and it was supposed to be able to see through somebody, mm-hmm. like, just by showing a light. I think he called it angel light. But actually vaporized their organs? Well, no. He tried it out on himself, and he couldn't feel his hand for a few weeks. They said, oh, Jesus. I'm like, this guy's amazing. Sorry. <laughs> this guy's amazing. Yeah. What he wouldn't give. All, and this all started with just having a way to protect yourself from, from bears in Canada. He is truly a man of science. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I understand the problem, but having this entire suit to walk around, like, you might as well not go hiking then. Yeah, you're better off staying inside and playing Halo. <laughs> awesome. All right. So I guess that about wraps up the old podcast, eh? 
Yeah, we're going to wrap up summer, wrap up the podcast. Going to do it right. Going to do it right. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you can, please go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe and rate us five stars. That would be the best. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Also available on Twitter, twitter.com slash skibumpodcast, facebook.com slash skibumpodcast, instagram.com slash skibumpodcast. If you got any news or comments, please hit us up, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Also available on Pinterest as the Highfalutins and on SoundCloud as probably, I think, Highfalutin-Skibum or something. Something like that. Go to the website. It's all there. Check it out. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay falutin. See you.